The following episode comes hard on the heels of the previous episode. But you don't have to have listened to the previous episode to listen to this one. But as I start speaking, I'm immediately referring to something I said in the previous episode. Um, and is there anything else I want to say about it? Uh, uh, and in the following episode, I hint at what I'm trying to say. You know, there's something I want to say, but I only hint at it. My language is very vague. You know, in essence, I sort of say there is something inexpressible that humans, via religion and maths and science and art and music and everything else, try to express. But the inexpressible remains inexpressible. That's what it's all about, this following episode. You know, it's this vague sense I have um, that there is something like that, which may not even be a something. That's how vague I get. Now, if you are religious or a mathematician or an artist or something like that, um, you might listen to the vague way I'm trying to express all of this and say to yourself, oh, you're being too vague. I've got the answer. You know, it's in, it's in you know, Paul's letters to the Greeks, you know, chapter 6, verse 7 to 5, you know, and it's clear as day in there. Just read it and you've got it, you know. You know, you've just done a, a podcast that lasts for an hour, um, vague, using vague language, saying, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, you know. And you, you're talking like that all the time, and, mm, you know. And it's all there in the Vedic scriptures. Why don't you just read the Vedic scriptures? You know, and if you're an artist, you might say, just, just you know, look at the weeping woman from Picasso, and there it is. You don't need any more. You know, or you might be someone into nature. You might have a cat. <laughs> and you might just look at that cat and say, there it is. Just look into the eyes of that cat and it'll all be clear. You know, um, and you, or you may, you know, you may be someone, you know, you might be a sailor. And you say, listen, I've been out on the, I've been sailing on the seven seas. And here you are waffling into a podcast about something that you can't quite express. And I say to you, Charlie, <laughs> get out on the seven seas. Get out in the middle of the Pacific. And then just stare out at all of that water. Deep water. And, and the, the infinite sky, you know, and then it will make sense to you. Yeah. But if you are any of these people, especially given this is a podcast on Christianity, essentially, you know, the overall podcast, if you are any of these people um, who have got the answer, in a nutshell, good for you, but I want to keep it vague. I'm the, 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 the very vagueness of my language is my way of saying that it is inexpressible. And I know you're expressing it, but I'm not going to. I want to be vague, you know. 
Oh, someone wants some food. On with the episode. They're missing out on something. They're missing out on something. Um, I like to doubt myself and uh, I'm doubting what I just said, what I said just then. Uh, what I said just then was that people who, you know, won't or don't want to get into uh, you know, magic games like the one I'm getting into at the moment, are missing out on something. So you know, people who don't want to get into Christianity, for example, might be missing out on something. Or people who don't want to get into Islam might be missing out on something. And so on. But even as I'm saying that, I'm now suddenly doubting it and thinking maybe they're not missing out on anything at all. Uh, and the the thing I'm thinking is a little bit too sublime for me. <laughs> um, I've got something vaguely in my head, but I won't be able to get it down on paper or podcast. Um, but I'll give you a couple of hints. Uh, but you'd have to go, you know, if you wanted to get to the bottom of what I'm trying to say, you'd have to go and visit somebody who has sat under a tree for 40 days and 40 nights or something like that, you know. Um, go and find a Buddha store. You know, Jesus, go and find Jesus. You know, he, I think he went out in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, you know, and Buddha sat under a tree for 40 days and 40 nights and or the Buddha. <laughs> I've heard a bit about the Buddha, yes. You're supposed to say the Buddha. And not Buddha. Who cares? <laughs> right. Um, but um, they may not be missing out on something. Now, um, the thing I'm vaguely hinting at is that, and it's almost like a sort of transcendent Indian kind of idea, um, is the idea I'm trying to get at is that Humans, just like chimpanzees and cats and dogs and snails and slugs and trees and rocks are, um, are a kind of almost, they almost, you know, evolution or whatever or intelligent design, you know, or something random, but they've all got some sort of urgency about them, an urge to strive for something, you know, the most obvious thing being to, you know, they, they seem to strive to exist or something, you know, or strive to live. I don't think rocks strive to be anything very sophisticated but you know every atom in a rock is holding tight <laughs> um but you know look let's get back to the slugs yeah and a slug has this urge to keep on going and to survive you know and um and 
um, you know, when you trap a, when a spider is stuck, when a daddy long legs is stuck on a slippery tiled wall in your bathroom and he's trying and, and, and you've got the shower on and he's trying to climb that slippery wall, there's an urgency about that. He's trying to get up there, you know. Um, I'm, I'm only vaguely hinting at something. Um, so you know, maybe, maybe you switched off this episode back before I started this section. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll push on. Now, humans have seem to have this urgency. You know, and it, it gets back to um, these early Christians, you know, just like the early Muslims or the early indigenous peoples or whatever, they put so much effort into this religion, you know, just the sheer energy, um, the effort, what drives them, you know, what drove them, you know? And it's this urgency, maybe, maybe, you know, because I can't, I can't actually get to the bottom of what I'm thinking because it's a little bit deep for me, and I am something of a bollard. There is no doubt about that. I'm not just saying it. I'm not, I'm not being self-deprecating. I am. But that spider crawling up the wall, the slippery wall, um, and he's scrambling all the time, you know, just getting up there. And, you know, half the time he goes down the black hole, you know, when I turn the... You know, when I watch him for 20 minutes struggling and then I just turn the hose on him. Oh, I don't do that. That was only something I did when I was eight. Kids are cruel. Maybe I didn't do it when I was eight. Maybe I wasn't that kind of kid. This isn't about me, so don't worry about that. Now, um, you know what I'm getting at already, probably. Um, and it's it's the idea that um humans are uh, you know striving towards something except the people who want to commit suicide maybe they've lost all maybe they've lost all hope maybe maybe they're turning the faucet on themselves yeah Torn, turning the hose on themselves right um but in general humans and humanity as a whole seems to have this urge. And I'm kind of thinking that the urge is deeper than any of the ways that people satisfy that urge, shall I say. Um, So the urge might be sublime, you know, Um, can't be put into words. Yeah, it's just a an inner striving or something like that. And that's, and that urge is, you know, and it's an urge to, um, to, you know, keep the species going and to have children and all that sort of thing, you know, and to keep the species going. It's um, something like um, um, whatever it is that a species... uh, has coded into it to want its species to continue on at all costs and not go extinct. You know, it's like an anti-instinct, an anti-I'm-going-to-go-extinct um, uh, instinct. 
no, sorry, an anti-I'm-going-to-go-extinct instinct. <laughs> All right. And, you know, and the urge seems to even go further than that too try and become better as a species, faster, higher, taller, Olympics, all that sort of thing. That's why the Olympics is so inspiring because it just, well, the Olympics might be like Christianity. It's, um, It's one way in which people express this this thing that can't be put into words, this inner urge for humanity to go faster, higher, better and jump longer distances and think better things and all that sort of thing. All right, so when I said, I know I'm saying, you know, I'm taking my time with this one, but I'm in no hurry and I'm not really here, you know, to make an interesting podcast. I'm just here. I, I fully expect no one to listen to such slow speaking when you can find a podcast in which someone has put this a lot more succinctly, someone a lot smarter than me. So by all means, go and look, at, look for that podcast and listen to it. Sorry I had to pause that. Uh, It's late at night, but my daughter was wandering around the house. Now she's supposed to be long asleep. 11 o'clock. All right. So I said earlier on that people who, you know, this is what I was inferring, that people who don't get into Christianity are missing something, but maybe they're not because... They might be able to, and this is an old thought, you know, 98% of all humans know this idea, but, you know, just because it's a, a, a hackneyed idea and everybody knows it doesn't mean it's not worth saying. Right, and it's this thought that there's more than one way to get, for humans to get to this, uh, to express this urge. You know, to, to strive to be better and all that sort of thing and higher, greater, um, for the species to become a better thing, you know. And progressives like myself, um, you know, in the political sphere, uh, we strive for, you know, we wish or hope for a a system where, you know, all people can live in liberty, fraternity, egalité, and all that sort of stuff, you know. That's all the same thing. Um, So when I said uh, that people who refuse to get into magic cults or inferred the people who refuse to get into magic cults might be missing something and you know they might you know I was almost inferring they were being closed minded I think I think I'm wrong because they can they they can um get to the heart of that sublime thing that 
which we are here for, as George Harrison said in a song that I really like, Beware of Maya, um, Beware of Darkness. Have a listen to that. Yeah. George Harrison went halfway to expressing all this stuff in some of his songs. Um, My Sweet Lord, you know, in which, uh, but, you know, I think he only went halfway um, because uh, My Sweet Lord um, was equating all the different religions of the world that had a heaven of some sort, you know. But he, in, he, in that song, he didn't step outside of the idea that there's a God up there, of all around here, you know, in some way, shape or form. You know, he, um, he didn't go as far, I think, as indigenous people go with their, um, you know, with the way their spirits are intertwined with the land and that there's no God, you know. He was inferring in that song that there's a God of some sort for everybody, you know. But, you know, for the indigenous people, I don't think so. I, I think they're idea is a little bit more profound on some levels than the Indian idea of Brahman or the Christian idea or, you know, Jewish idea of a, one God or a, um, the Greek, you know, Egyptian Greek idea of multi-gods and all that sort of stuff, you know. The indigenous... I, the indigenous ideas are on a completely different level. Yeah. It's, it, it, um, but the point is, um, I don't think people are missing much if they don't get into Christianity because there's more than one way to get at this sublime thing that humans um, kind of feel that they're here for. Um. I love that song, by the way, Beware of Darkness. Um, and there's a 1971 live recording, live recording on the internet, which you can Google. Um, and 1971 is one of my favourite years because that was the year, you know, the, the end of the hippie era when it all still seemed possible, you know, before things got cynical again. Um, And if you watch that clip by George Harrison and his friends, um, beware of darkness. Uh, Should be easy to find if you want to Google it. They've all got that look in their eyes that, you know, they're still idealistic. You know, we got a lot more cynical by 1980. But 1971, we all still thought it was all still possible. Not me personally, I was only eight. Uh, so didn't, all I cared about was reading Biggles books. But, you know, well, I couldn't even read those by then, probably. I don't know. Um, well, I could. But <laughs> okay. Um, so... Uh, you could just completely ignore Christianity and um, dive completely into Indigenous Australian culture and have a supply, have that just that same, you know, and the as as sublime a an experience as you could possibly want, and not miss a thing. You know, I suspect that's true. 
I also suspect you can get to this sublime thing that is beyond words if you just dive into mathematics. For a start, I didn't say physics and chemistry and all that sort of thing because there's a human element to the laws of physics, you know. it's Physics is... You know, it's sublime enough, but it it really is. Physics is our senses um, measuring things uh, to in order to create rules of behaviour for ourselves that will make life easier for our senses. Um, something like that, you know. It's 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 a um it's a way of using our senses to detect things in such a way that if we detect those things reliably over and over and over by experiment, then our senses can say that if our senses are exposed to that test again, our senses will detect the same thing again. But it's kind of circular. It's a circularity. There's no proof that all this is true outside the bubble that is what our senses can detect. If you know what I'm talking about, that's good. And if you don't, just ignore all that. Okay, as always, I can, I, I'm only a half philosopher, so I can only hint at these ideas. I can't express them perfectly. Okay, now music. That's another way that some people get to this sublime thing. And another way um, that people get to this, uh, music is one of those fundamentals of the universe. You know, fundamentals of the universe kind of exist even if all humans would continue to exist, to exist even if all humans ceased to exist. You know? So mathematics would continue to exist, I presume. Um... I suppose a chimpanzee could um, argue with another chimpanzee because the first chimpanzee's only got one banana and the other one's got two bananas, you know. So there'd be a, a concept of maths in the heads of those chimpanzees and a dog looking into, you know, a dog with a bone in his mouth uh, might look at his reflection in the mirror, in the river and see another dog with a bone in his mouth and try and grab that other one as well and lose both and things like that. So I suppose maths could keep going. Music would keep going because birds would keep singing it. We don't need humans for that. Uh, physics. I, I think the laws of physics are artificial enough for humans to be required. So maybe that's not quite as sublime as maths and music. Um, but... There is this urge of which I'm speaking that humans have got, I think is as fundamental as those things and it's coded into us and, you know, and, and we are a natural property of the universe and um, something about that you know, is sublime. The fact that we have you know, um, just appeared in the universe somehow and the fact that we even exist and all that sort of stuff is beyond words to us, I think, 
because we we've only got a very narrow context, you know, a, a narrow perception. Um, there's something sublime about even an ant just existing, or even one atom existing, just sitting there existing. There is something sublime about that which I can't get to the bottom of it because I've never sat under a tree for 40 days and I probably never will. And it doesn't really bother me that much. I don't want to get to the bottom of it. You know, other people have already done that, Jesus and the Buddha. You know, I'm happy to leave it to them and just take it on faith that it's doable, you know, but without one having to, you know, like I'm happy if someone else has done it, but I don't need to do it. You know, I'm happy if someone else has done it. Um, I'd rather, you know, if I sat under a tree for 40 days, I would miss 40, four rounds of the footy. And I'm not really, you know, and I don't, I don't want to do that. I'd, I'd rather go to the footy and not miss Essendon playing four rounds in a row. Um, and yet I'm very interested or I wouldn't be doing these podcasts. I'm interested in as much as, you know, if someone else has worked it out, good on them and I'm happy with that. And I do sense the human race is pushing, pushing, pushing forward and good luck to the human race too. So I'm pretty relaxed about that too. You know, I don't have to be the one. I'm happy with anyone. Now, there are other ways that people can get to the bottom of this urge. But Christianity has clearly been one really powerful way that a lot of people have used to, you know, get to this sublime thing. Um, now, this sublime thing is beyond words, beyond words, and that's a huge deal, a huge deal, because it's deeper than all the words of the Bible. It's deeper than all Jesus' words, you know. Um, Anything that is sublime is beyond words, which means that um, whatever this thing is, this urge that makes the spider climb up the wall or humans want to do things, it's deeper than anything the Bible expressed. It's deeper than anything Jesus said. You know, so that is the very definition of the word sublime, beyond words. You know, if there is a God then whatever that thing is, or whatever it isn't, doesn't really matter, it's beyond anything that you can say in words, which renders the Bible fairly shallow. Yeah. However, um, you know, by saying prayers, as people do, or, you know, or chant in the act of chanting, by rote the Koran, or by listening to a piece of music by Beethoven, Missa Solemnis. You know, that's one of my favourites. I, I like masses in I like masses in music. Uh, oh, by the way, my two favourite, the two types of music I listen to most are classical and rock. Um, and of all classical, I mostly listen to. Mozart, Beethoven, Brahms, just all the obvious ones. Um, and um, and in rock at the moment, at least for the last couple of years, I just listen to Paul McCartney, believe it or not, because that's, you know, he's, 
he's meaningless, you know, and, and that suits me. Um, Paul McCartney is vacuous. However, I find him, his music to be genius for me, for me, um, and his words mean nothing to me, and that's just perfect for me, you know, because, as I say, I'm not interested in words. Um, you know, all the rappers of the world, you know, saying deep things, but they're not saying sublime things. You know, they're hinting at sublime things maybe, but they're, the best music has no words. Or, in the case of Paul McCartney, words that are st- so, words that are so stupid or you know, shallow, shallow. You know, John Lennon saw through Paul McCartney and he knew that Paul McCartney's words were shallow. And... Um, you know, that Paul McCartney is as good as an instrumental for me. All right, and, and you know, I mean, the words are play. you know, I like the words as well, but, you know, I'm not listening to them for whatever meaning they've got in them, but they add, they're like an extra instrument, the words, you know, but I don't worry about the meaning behind them. Right, so, you know, and sports people, um, get towards this sublime thing by um, being the best they can be physically, and 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 the the best best sports people. It's more than just physical; it's mental as well and spiritual. I'm sure there's something spiritual um, in pushing yourself to be the greatest in the world, the greatest sprinter or marathon runner or whatever there must be something spiritual about that so there's so many different ways of getting to the same thing and it's it's like what george harrison said you know when george harrison said it doesn't matter whether you're a hari krishna or a christian or a muslim or whatever you know it's like what he's saying there but a billion times more you know not only does it matter whether you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu or a you know, or anything like that, but you can get to the same place even as an atheist, which is actually another alternative. You know, George Harrison didn't allow for that. Um, there's something sublime about atheism too. You know, the idea of an atheist soldier taking a bullet for his mate uh, when he has no expectation of anything after that. You know, he firmly believes and knows that he's going to die and there's nothing at the other, on the other side and yet he still takes a bullet for his mate. Why did he do that? And, you know, I, I do not buy this idea The Christians kind of um, pompously or, um, or in a superior way say, oh, it's just because he's a Christian, a Christian and he doesn't admit it, you know. You know to, a, to a Christian who says that sort of thing, which is an incredibly rude thing to say, you know, I do say get stuffed, you know, because that is really um, rude, you know. Um, however... Um, you know, atheism is another way, you know, music, you know, all these different ways 
of getting to something sublime. Um, so you don't need Christianity. You know, and this is where I think Jesus got it wrong. Um, Jesus said, only through me. You know, and I think he's dead wrong on that. Um, through you, Jesus, one can get to where one wants to get to as a human. You know, that is one way, but there are other ways. We don't need you. Yeah, you are but one option. I'm not saying you should be ignored. You are one option, but only one. Yeah. Um, someone else might get to that profound thing that humans like to get to via by throwing, you know, by um, devoting their lives just to science, science and logic. You know, the liberal arts. You could throw yourself into the idea, you know, that Greek idea of the liberal arts and get there. You know, you can throw yourself into an entirely secular kind of, you know, a, you know, you know the French Revolution when they started, sort of, you know, the French revolutionaries um, wanted to put aside... Christianity just, well, they actually, in a lot of cases, just wanted to slaughter priests and burn churches. All right, okay. But still, that was a lot of effort to slaughter priests and burn churches. Um, and they were like that spider because they thought there was a better way to get at where they wanted to get to. Yeah. And humans put an infinite amount of energy into trying to get to where they want to get to. And um, those revolutionaries were doing that too. They were putting an infinite amount of effort into that, you know, into their idea of liberty, equality and fraternity and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so that's my thought. Another way that people get to that sublime thing that might be that thing that we're here for in this universe is captured, I think, by a Greek word called philotimo. And apparently it's a little bit hard to translate that into English. And in that sense, in my language at least, it's a little bit beyond words, this word, philotimo. And in that sense, it is kind of sublime to me, this idea of philotimo. And... and the vague idea I have of that word is that just in that one word is something just as sublime as the entire message, the entire message of the Bible, just as sublime. You know, there is something just as big in that word, philotimo, 
as there is in the entire idea of Jesus and all of that, you know. Um, I'll leave it at that because if I try and define that word philotimo, I'll do it a disservice. But I'll just vaguely say that I know somebody who I think has rather got philotimo. <laughs> Um, it happens to be, you know, look, quite a few people have got it, I think. Not everybody on the planet. I haven't, you know, um, um, but it's this sense of, um, that you're here on this earth for others and for, you know, to make the world a better place and all that sort of thing, but, you know. But in such a way that it's sort of beyond words, you know. Like, for example, the only reason you're, you know, imagine um, that you were, oh, how shall I put it? Um, the main reason you want to stay alive is so that you can continue to be useful to others and to help others and to make the world a better place and humanity a better thing and the environment better and everything, you know, like that. Kind of the opposite of the selfish sorts of snots that want to commit suicide and before they do, they take some other people out with them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, those people murder suicides. Yeah, you know, the opposite of that. Okay. I finished on a fairly violent note there, but I had a very lovely idea before I got violent. But sometimes to explain something, it's sometimes easier to say, not the other thing. Um, yeah. All right, then. Um all right, yeah, I'm tempted to say who I'm thinking of um, when I say who, you know, I kind of spot Philotimo in. Uh, but I'm thinking of someone, so I'll leave it at that. I haven't listened back to it. Uh, it's morning, by the way. The morning after last night, you know, when I was... When I, think I turned into a yogic <laughs> uh, and I was pretty pleased I know I was very in a very peaceful mood last night and I, I I bet if I did listen back to it I'd like it and I bet yeah, whatever I said was said in 500 words when it could have been put in 10 words you know I could have just sang George Harrison's beware of darkness yeah uh, on or my sweet lord you know uh, <laughs> I'll bet you, uh, I'll bet you whatever I said last night was along those lines. But I did like it, and and I think I was getting almost properly zen. You know, I'm not actually zen, I'm just me. Uh, but I do like, you know, I do like um, thinking about people who are zen, and I think last night might have been a little bit like that and about that. Uh, now, I did mention, I remember, in the, the little um, 
yogic session I had last night, which, you know, was the subject of the podcast just now, I do remember um, saying that I was just hinting at things that are a little deeper than I can sort of think about, you know, because I'm not a Zen person. Uh, So, uh, and as I think about that today with a fresh, clear head, I think what I might have been getting at, you know, might be something like a Hindu sort of way of thinking or all that, um, is that, um, that the, whatever it is about humans, you know, our reason for being here, um, that might be identical to why a rock exists, you know, why even an atom exists, you know, everything might be unified. Now, I can't, um, I can't quite uh, put that into good words like your Buddha master might put things into good words. I can't do that. But I, I know that there, you know, I, I even kind of get it deep down without being able to express it, that somehow a plant's, a plant's reason for existing, you know, and a plant's purpose, you know, a marijuana plant, let's say, um, is, has got something in common with Jupiter's purpose for existing, and which has something in common with my purpose for existing, you know, that there's some sort of unifying thing, and some people, you know, and, and I don't think any humans quite get to the bottom of that, but I don't know, maybe the Buddha did, you know, but I, I, I have this gut feeling that no one can kind of get there, you know, and uh, get what, the, you know, think that, you know, even if they sit under a tree for 40 days and 40 nights, I don't think people quite get there and, ah, oh, and, you know, and then... They said, no, but I can't get there, so I'll put it into words instead. And they write scriptures and things, you know. Um, and that's, you know, I, I, I kind of guess that people say, listen, I can't explain it all to you, but I'll give you a, um, a rough version, and that rough version is the idea of Jesus, for example, you know. Now, Jesus, because he's well-defined, you know, and um, human, half-human at least, uh, and said lots of words... You know, he is not this sublime thing that is the deepest thing. He can't be because it's beyond words. You know, music is better than words. You know, some somehow that feels like it's better than words because it's beyond words. Music is beyond words. Art is beyond words. You know, helping refugees, you know, smuggling refugees into Australia. You know, that is philotomo for some. Helping others. You know, I mentioned the word philotomo. Um... But for other people, Philotobo is, you know, to hell with the refugees uh, because they're a risk to my family, you know. Which they're not, of course they're not. You know, what rubbish. Which they are. <laughs> Damn well straight they are, you know. Um, they are a risk to my family. They are not, you know. Now, what I just did there was pretend to be Facebook, you know. I was ranting at myself. But this podcast is not about ranting one way and then the other. Um, you know, each person can have his own 
Philosimo or her own Philosimo or whatever in between. Right. Um, so I don't get into that. I'm not Facebook. You know, I don't do the rant thing. Um, I don't even. You know, it's up to you what your Philosimo is. If you, you know, if you think, you know, because I did say Philosimo is, you know, helping others. But I left that very wide open, didn't I? Because in order to help some others, you are um, you are refusing help to other others. So you can't actually be a good person. But I'll let that one just uh, just slide off into the ether. But I'm guessing you know what I mean. You can't be a good person. But you can still have philotomo. But you can't be a good person and be, and be beautiful to everybody. You know, you have to kill somebody, you know, by your, by your attitudes or, you know. Um, just a second, I need a coffee. I'm definitely here not to impress you, um, aren't I? Uh, an almond latte large, please. Uh, medium, please. Um, yep. No thanks. No problem, mate. That was all today. That's all. It's five dollars thirty. Thank you. Um. Yeah. So. Um. So. Uh, yes. I find. I feel that there's a unifying thing that we can't get to the bottom of, it. and that's why we have religions and things like that. And that's yeah. But people find their people express that unexpressible thing, that inexpressible thing. How are you going? Pretty good, thanks. Is that 30 cents on you at all? Um, yeah, maybe. There you go. Thanks, bud. So I don't give you so much coin. I don't mind. Yes. There you go, bud. Thanks. Have a day. See ya. Yeah. He, he called me bud three times. In Australia, we don't say bud. You know, Americanisms are creeping in bud. Um, anyway, uh, so the, that inexpressible thing you know, is expressed through things like Christianity. But Christianity is not the only way. Um, you, might, uh, you might be able to express that exact same thing as well as you can via Christianity, via atheism or science and or everything, uh, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so that, that's what I was getting at last night and I enjoyed talking about it and I enjoy talking about it now. I cannot imagine this being a good listen. I really don't think this, you know, everything I've said now is worth listening for anyone else. But I think I'm just putting that up, that episode there, I think I just put that up for me uh, because I just felt like having it in the ether. Um, and this unifying... Um, you know, law of the universe, you know, God, if you want to call it that, or mathematics, or art, you know, whatever your thing is that allows you to express your inexpressible, your philotomo, whatever it is, you know, know, when you look into the eyes of an unborn child, you know, that is your religion, you know, you can have any religion you want um, to express your inexpressible. and I, I think it's a, you know, personally, I, it's not something to be searched for, you know, looked for, you know, at my age, 56, I'm not on any search. Um, 
Uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, and I definitely disagree with Jesus. For example, when he says, "Only through me, you know, can you get to this inexpressible thing." Yeah. Um, you know, I, I reject that. You know, I'm sure I could get. You know, if I wanted to go the full indigenous, I'm sure I could get there just as well with indigenous uh, culture. Yeah. Or if I want to become an artist, and I am not an artist. But if I wanted to become an artist, maybe I could get there via art, or maths, and so on. Uh, square root of minus one, imaginary numbers, that's one of my favorites. There's a lot of things about maths that sometimes, um, that gets me more excited than a letter from Paul to the Greeks. Yeah, there's a lot about maths, you know. Uh, Oh, no, here's my coffee. No, not at all. Thank you. Thanks. You too. Thanks. Um, okay. Now, um, and even in physics, now physics is a is a um, an almost artificial construct. Uh, you know, by humans, it it, it it is a game. Physics is a game of the senses. You know, it is not a game of. Uh, what I'm talking about, this inexpressible thing. It's, um, it's a very practical device, physics, um, in which the sensors make measurements in order to predict what the sensors will sense next. Oh, I think I said that pretty well. Uh, took me about 400 words to try and say that last time, but I think, uh, you know, can you remember that bit? Um, you know, it's just a game of the sensors. It's not truth, universal truth. Um, it's, a, it's a game of the senses. You know, you're trusting your senses. You're having faith in your senses that your senses will uh, make measurements and predict what your senses will detect in the future. Now, it works is all that it's good for. It works. It tends to work. Um, yeah, if, um, if you put your, you know, if you uh, get hit in the head by a cricket bat ten times in a row, the 11th time you duck. It works. You know, it doesn't hurt as much the 11th time. That's what physics is about, as far as I can tell. Um, and sometimes physics, you know, because we get really into physics and deep, you know, like into quarks and... Um, charms and strangers and all that sort of stuff, you know, and um, you know, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Where is that photon? You know, because you know, when I when I looked at it, the where where is that electron? Because when I bounced a photon off it, in order to look at it, by the time the photon came back to my eye, the electro the electron was somewhere else, and there's no way for me to know where that electron was. I don't know if that's to do with the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. <laughs> uh, my physics is rusty. Um, but, you know, in the spiritual sense, I don't even like the word spiritual, yeah, but in the inexpressible, you know, what people call the spiritual, I like to call the inexpressible as of now, because I just thought of it. Uh, because spirituality is loaded, is too heavily loaded with a lot of preconceptions. Um, yeah, um, uh, you know, that it's a, for example, that spirituality is in the realm of feeling, 
feeling, you know. Um, whereas I think the inexpressible can be approached through thinking as well. You know, if you um, if you just engage in, you know, you don't have to say Om Shiva and get yourself into a trance. Um, you can just study mathematics to a very high level for a um, for ten years straight and get the same buzz. And you haven't actually. You know, people are always into feelings. You know, they at the expense of thinking. Often, I think. Um, you know, your meditation can be just plain thinking, where you're not putting yourself, you know, where you're not feeling your breathing and going Om Shiva. You know, sometimes I think a lot of people who emphasize, you know, get in touch with your feelings. I feel, I, I bet a lot of people who say that that's the only way, you know, meditate, you know, Om Shiva, Om, you know. People who get into that, um, some of them might be doing that because they're not good at maths, <laughs> because they don't want to get, because they haven't actually, um, <laughs> I don't know whether that's right, but um, feeling your way through a problem, um, a lot of people, in the modern world, I think people are emphasizing that too much, whereas maybe in a different, in a previous era, people were thinking their way through a problem too much, but not feeling enough. I'm thinking of English people, you know. Everyone's thinking, you know, think, 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 think. How am I going to get out of this problem, you know? I'm really upset, you know. Uh, my parents didn't love me. I'm an orphan, blah, blah, blah. I lived in a war zone. How am I going to think my way out of this problem? Yeah, that's what I think it was like in the Beagles era. Now, maybe we did that too much back in the old days and we didn't get in touch with our feelings enough. But I really think the world has flipped the other way too much. And there's a feelings industry where you feel your way through everything. And I don't know, I, 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 I sense that people are de-emphasizing thinking your way out of trouble. You know? um, not um, getting yourself into meditative states and putting the incense on and all that sort of stuff and um, having group hugs and crying together and all that sort of stuff. But just bloody think your way out of this problem. All right, if you've got a problem, think. And if you think, you know, it might take you 16 hours, it might take you 60 weeks of um, uh, sessions with a, um, a feeling sort of social worker type, psychologist type person who gets the mood right and puts music on, you know, the, um, the sound, a CD on with water flowing and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, you might spend 60 hours and spend $40,000 on those sessions when you could have got together with a philosopher for one day and that philosopher could have said, right, now let's think, let's think your way through what you've got here, you know, and that philosopher by digging and digging and digging might, um, and a psychologist might do this too, um, but a philosopher might say, you know what, um, and at the end of that day, thinking your problem through, you might go, you know what, I feel calm now, oh my goodness, I nearly wasted $40,000 uh, uh, with a session, in sessions with a feeler. 
when I should have been with a thinker. Now, the whole person probably does a little bit of feeling and a little bit of thinking at the same, you know, does a bit of both. But the word spirituality, I'm not that keen on as I as I speak. Uh, I like to keep it a little bit broader than that and just say the inexpressible, which could be approached by uh, taking a cruise into the ocean and standing on the bow of a ship like um, Leonardo DiCaprio and that woman, whoever she was, um, on on the front of the Titanic and staring out to the ocean and just... Um, and there's only water in front of you and then sort of trying to think I wonder how much all that weighs bang your head explodes because you've achieved Buddhahood right that's all that'll do that was a nice silly way to finish ah I forgot to say what I meant to say uh, even in the realm of physics, uh, that's the dream too, you know, to find a unifying law of physics. And uh, in the, the realm of the inexpressible, yeah, maybe there is something similar there too, you know, in the realm of the inexpressible, you know, what part, some people call God the realm of the inexpressible and you know, maybe everything makes sense there too you know, how the existence of a rock can have the can have you know, the meaning of the existence of a rock can be reconciled with the meaning of exist the existence of a human being and which you know obviously can be um, reconciled with the meaning of of the existence of a gnat, gnat. All right. So, and you know, in the world of physics, people have been chasing that as well. Where you know, because we've got a, we've gone a long way in that direction in physics. Um, we've simplified and simplified and simplified. You know, and a lot of laws that you know, a lot of things that didn't seem to be connected are now connected by very very simple formulas. And there's an elegance to the universe and all that, and there's some chaos there as well, and some messiness as well. You know, strings and wormholes and you know, black matter, and oh, we've still got a lot of messiness. But we've got a lot of elegance too in the universe. Um, so, in physics, you know. We kind of dream of this unifying formula, you know, like E equals MC squared, which kind of unified energy and matter in a crazily simple way, you know, that they're related by the speed of light, squared, what? You know, I don't even know how Einstein sort of came up with that. He stood on the shoulders of giants is how he came up with that. But he brought something to it too. He had an original idea, I think. I don't know what an original idea is, but if there is such a thing as an original idea, uh, I'm pretty sure Einstein might have had one there. That wasn't even his greatest one, you know, they tell me. Um, His general theory of relativity was even better. Okay. Yeah, all the gravita- gravity and all that sort of stuff, you know, gravitational waves and all that sort of thing. Am I mixing up Einstein here? I don't know, because I'm rusty. My physics is rusty. But a unifying theory of physics and, you know, 
where everything conforms to a formula. You know, that's the dream. And in the realm of the inexpressible, what some people call the realm of spirituality, you know, people try and get close to that as well. We're getting close, you know. Maybe we were closer back in the time of the Buddha. Maybe we're getting further away. It doesn't really matter. But the point is, we have this idea that there might be something out there where it all makes sense, you know. And we keep trying to think of ways we can get at that. And people say, oh, it all becomes clear when we die, you know. And you say, you sure? They say, I am. Uh-huh. I say, well, that's like, uh, how? <laughs> um, because I want to be sure. Oh, is that a good reason? Well, you know. I don't like it, but if you like it, great. You know, if you are quite sure that it's all going to become clear when you die, great. You know, you, know, you might return to the Brahman and all that sort of stuff, and 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 have a real rush. You know, and ah, oh, it all makes sense now. You know, um, hmm, hit ladder point after all, <laughs> something like that. You know, um, right now, um. Uh, wow, there was a link there. You know, Himmler, he used to carry a copy of the Bhagavad Gita in his trench coat everywhere he went. Um, he liked some parts of that. Um, he liked the Aryan bits. Okay, so, you know, maybe all this makes sense, even the serial killers. Even Mother Teresa. I don't know if I like her or not. I've got mixed feelings about her, you know. Maybe it all makes sense, you know. Maybe the Christians make sense. You know, they annoy me. You know, I love them, you know. Um, maybe it all makes sense. And you know what? Um, if the realm of the, you know, the unified realm of the spirituality one day, you know, the inexpressible can be um, expressed one day, um, maybe after we die, um, maybe that can be unified with the laws, you know, that unified law of physics that we're looking for. Maybe it all makes sense. And right at that point, um, my brain switches off because it's too much for me. But where I'm a very relaxed Zen swagger kind of person is... Um, does it bother me? Some people say, oh, I've got to know, you know. But I can honestly say all I care about is my almond latte right now and Essendon beating Fremantle on Saturday. Because if we don't, I fear we're going to miss out on the finals after so much promise. Because <sighs> we've got Collingwood the week after and I think they're going to beat us and that we might go out of the finals. We're seventh on the ladder at the moment, but um, it's not looking good at the moment. But, you know. Let's see how we go against Fremantle over there in the cauldron. Yeah, their brand new stadium. Hard to win over there. I just listened back to that episode. And two things. Only two things did I get out of doing that that exercise. Yeah. And one is that was fairly long. And the other one was, it would be hard to stare into the eyes of an unborn baby. I suggest try it with a born baby instead.